you know, we can all learn how to change a diaper. We can all learn what bottle our baby takes, things like that. We can all learn how to put a passy in. But what we don't learn is how our identity shifts, who we are as this new person, and how we relate to other people. Welcome, friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in. Getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. All right. So I am so excited for today's episode. As you guys know, everyone that's listening, we are amidst a seven-part series of my postpartum journey. And there was a lot of incredible people and experiences that played into that journey. To be honest, I'm still on the journey, but um, have made a lot of progress. And a really, really powerful part of my journey um, started at about the eight-week postpartum mark. And it was... um, it was the day I went to new mom school. And um, today I actually have the owner of new mom school, Alex, here with us on Getting Magnetic. So Alex, welcome to Getting Magnetic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy you're here. And um, I remember when I first heard about new mom school, I was like, what are they going to teach me? Like how to change a diaper? Like it sounds like Mm -hmm. kind of funny, you know? Um, But what I got from it was so much. And so I kind of want to share a little bit about like my personal experience and what it was like. And, um, I'd love for you to, you know, share your story and have people get to know you. Like how did the vision of new mom school, you know, really come to be? Um, but just a little background for everyone listening. Uh, the first time I drove my daughter in the car on the freeway was to new mom school. So I remember it being like a really big deal. I think I pulled over like five times. It was only a 30 minute drive, but had to pop the pinky back in, like anxiety, all the things. And I remember getting there that day and being in a room with you. And I think it was 11 new moms and 12 babies because one of the moms had twins. And just being like, wow, I'm a mom now. Like I'm in a mom group. This is like, I was almost like looking at my life from an aerial view of like, wow, like the time has come. Like this is a big deal. And the first session was so powerful. I loved how you started that day for us all to like introduce ourselves and we got to share a little bit about each of our um, birth stories and journeys. And to this day, actually, just so you know, um, me and that original mom group, we, every Friday we send a picture of our babies to each other. That is so heartwarming. Friday. So we're always like just keeping up with each other. And we're already talking about like at the time of this recording, this is being recorded in August. We're already talking about first birthdays are coming up in two months. What's everyone doing? What's everyone wearing for Halloween? Like we're always up to date with each other. And I just feel like having that experience was so crucial to feel like I'm not alone. Like I have so many friends with mom or so many mom friends that are moms, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a lot of mom friends that had babies right around my age, which is kind of like how you guys structure the classes. So that's where the magic happens. Oh, it was so amazing. So, um, yeah, I would love for you to share, like, we'll get into what new mom school is and all the things, but before we kind of go through that, I want you to share Alex, like how did new mom school come to be? Like, what's your story? How did you get to Mm -hmm. the place where you, dreamt up. I'm sure at first it was in your head, right? It was this idea where you actually like pulled the trigger and you're like, no, I'm actually going to like have this be a thing. So when I had my first son in 2011, I remember during my pregnancy thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm put on this earth to be a mom. It's going to be so easy for me. I'm going to, he's going to be my little accessory. I'm going to drag him around to all my 50 million appointments that I go to all the time because I'm a total doer and he's, I'm going to dress him in cute, cute little man clothes and baby Nikes. And he's just going to be my little, my little guy, you know, my little best friend. And then when he was born, that all really shifted for me. And the reality of having a newborn is so incredibly different than the expectation of what 
having a newborn is going to be. And it becomes extremely dynamic and complex with the various layers with not only taking care of the baby, but then also taking care of yourself, um, having a relationship with a spouse or a partner and navigating all the things that you did prior to having a baby and then having to navigate them after the baby as well. And so when when my son was born, my whole world turned upside down. I suffered from postpartum anxiety, depression. Um, my marriage really took a tumble. And I remember even apologizing to my sister-in-law because you know, before you, before you're a mom, you're the best mom. And you're almost like, I was like Miss Judgy Judgerson before having my own child and thinking, I don't know why it's so hard for everyone. It's going to be so easy for me. And my sister-in-law had had a baby prior to, to me, actually two at that point. And I just couldn't understand. You can't understand until you're in the position. And so my mom encouraged me to join a mom group at the time we were living in Los Angeles and that I had no idea that that group was going to change the entire trajectory of my life. And I remember my own first day walking into my own mom group and having that same, oh my gosh, I'm a mom now. This is so different. And really starting from this clean slate with all these other women, and we're all going through the same thing at the same time. And there's no one else in the world that can understand you like another brand new mom who's also in the exact same postpartum phase. And you said something really poignant when you said that you have a million mom friends, but having a newborn is so incredibly different than having a three, four, five, six month old. Even though they're so close in age, it's like they're two completely different types of human beings. And so there is nothing that will ever compare to having your first baby in your postpartum experience. And so having that support from other women who are in the exact same phase, you know, you're in the trenches. It's like going to war together and you create a bond like you'll never have again as another mom, no other mommy and me class and I've been through it now with two kids and I'm almost 12 years into being a mom, no other class, no other school experience, no other mom group, no other anything will ever compare to what your experience is when you have a newborn. And so what happened after I had that life-changing experience and that experience was really more just support. So it was just a little more unstructured and I still found myself really hungry for real research-based information. And so I remember thinking, God, I wish this program also included education, but I sort of had to do my own research for myself. And so I started becoming really interested in how the mom adjusts after baby because you know, we can all learn how to change a diaper. We can all learn what bottle our baby takes, things like that. We can all learn how to put a passy in. But what we don't learn is how our identity shifts, who we are as this new person, and how we relate to other people. And so um, I became really infatuated with wanting to help other women not have to struggle and suffer the way that I did. And I, because we were living in Los Angeles at the time, I never imagined I would do anything with this kind of vision that I had or my desire of what I would have wanted as a new mom. And then we, my husband was relocated to Orange County when my youngest son was one and a half. And I started looking for something similar so that I could join another mom group and connect the same way that I had connected with my mom friends. But there wasn't anything. And I realized that there wasn't anything for babies either. And that's how the new mom school was born because I couldn't let there be a community that I was living in and it not have support and resources for new moms. And I wanted to create that same experience, but better. I wanted to elevate it. 
And I wanted to bring what my ideal experience would have been as a new mom to other moms. And that's how New Mom School was born. And we're celebrating 10 years coming up in a couple months in December. Wow. I have the chills. That's so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Like, it's so amazing. Like, you probably have touched, like, indirectly, like, thousands and thousands of people. Like, you've had a ripple effect on people that you'll probably never meet. People that you've- I'll never know. I mean, we've we've had over 5,000 moms in the classes since December of 2012, which is more than I ever thought possible, ever. It, it wasn't even on my radar. I, I just, it was, it's, I, I don't, you know, I operate with goals, but not in that way. I New Mom School has grown completely organically over the years, and that's how I function. What were you doing before? Like, what career <laughs> were you in? I worked in real estate development and I worked for a small boutique real estate developer who was also a real estate attorney and I was his director of operations so for 12 years. You had like an entrepreneurial spirit in you. Being in real estate, you kind of do, right? Well, I sort of, I was, he, my old boss is my mentor now and I saw his entrepreneurial spirit and I supported him through that. And so I was able to get an invaluable amount of experience running a business because I ran his two businesses. Um, And so when I started, I was able to use those skills to create the business side because obviously the back end, you know, you moms don't really see, but it's incredibly intricate and it is a huge beast to manage on the back end. But I I have really high standards and I want everything to be highly organized, highly structured, you know, very just kind of in an unmatched experience for new moms. Yeah. Well, you definitely have mastered that. Oh, thank you. So for someone that's listening that maybe doesn't understand, can you walk through like what is a new mom that comes to new mom school, what are they going to get out of it? Like, what can they expect? I would say that most new moms, like you said, don't know what to expect. They hear from a friend or a doctor that they should take these classes, but they don't really know why. I say that it's everything you never thought you needed to know as a new mom. And there's so many surprises that happen with our bodies, with our brains, with our babies, with our spouses. There's so many things that happen that you just can never plan on because no two births are the same. No two babies are the same. No two families are the same. So everyone has their own unique experience. And coming to new mom school, you're going to feel supported in your own particular experience because everybody is unique. And you have a shared experience of having a newborn. So you get to share that with other people, but you get to be supported individually. And what happens the way that we have it structured is as a new mom, you come in for 10 weeks. So you come once a week for 90 minutes with your assigned group and we assign you based on your baby's birth date. So you sign up while you're pregnant with your estimated due date. And, you know, we know that babies come when they want to. So we assign you to the group that's going to have moms who have the babies that are closest in age. So Uh, Most of our groups are now at a place over the years it has grown closer and closer, but most of our groups now, all the babies are born within two to four weeks of each other. Um, Oftentimes, most times I'd say it's, it's more rare. Oftentimes we have babies that are born on the exact same day. So we have multiple babies who have the same birth date. It's more rare if we don't have that at this point. And in each class, you have a scheduled topic that we discuss. And I have kind of honed in over the years of what those 10 topics should be. And then throughout the series, about every other week or so, you have a visiting expert who is a professional in that area of expertise for the topic that we discuss. Yeah. I remember being so blown away at the amount of information and research and just, it was so cool. First of all, I love how we started every class. Okay. With the hello song. So that was the hello song that I sang in my mommy and me class. 
And I just wanted to continue singing it because I loved it. It's so special. Like it brought tears to my eyes every time. And I would record it sometimes. And my husband would always be like, I want to hear the hello song and the goodbye song. They're both so good. But um, I love that you, you started out like that. And then there's an opportunity to share like a win for the week. Mm -hmm. um, So we could all could connect on something that happened since we all last saw each other. Um, And then I remember being so blown away by the number of topics like that. I never had really thought about that you brought to our attention or brought experts in on like trying to remember them in order. I don't really remember in order, but what are some of the things like what, what's kind of the structure or some of the things you will bring to new mom school? Yeah. Um, so we of course talk about how to soothe your fussy baby because oftentimes we kind of have this preconceived notion that if you just hold the baby in that cradle position, that they should just stop crying. And that's certainly not the case. So we talk about that. We have a sleep expert come in to talk about what normal newborn sleep looks like, which means not a lot of it. And kind of changing our expectations for our babies around what they can actually do developmentally, not what we want them to do. Because, you know, babies don't come with a manual. So you have to learn your own baby. So an underlying theme of the topics is really adjust uh, the mom adjusting to what the new normal is and working on acceptance around it. The more we resist it, the less we can accept it and actually enjoy it. And one of my biggest goals is to be able to have moms enjoy the postpartum experience because I didn't get to the first time around. And I learned things later and through my second child to that helped me enjoy it more. And I wanted, I want to pass that along so that, because you'll never get this time back. And that's really important. We also have someone come in to talk about anxiety. So postpartum anxiety is actually plaguing a huge amount of new moms. The The percentage that's reported is much lower than what the actuality is. We actually think the number is more in the 80% mark. And it's kind of something that we don't talk about. But the postpartum anxiety and, and actually something that is Um, really exacerbating postpartum anxiety is social media and what social media is kind of who we follow. We have to be really careful because if we're if we're on social media and we notice our anxiety rising, we have to stop because it postpartum anxiety actually has a trickle effect onto our babies and their development. So how to help reduce that postpartum anxiety. We also have a occupational therapist who comes in to talk about baby's physical development. So why tummy time is important, what their head shape looks like, are their necks tight? Do they need to do some stretches so that they don't have that tightness in their neck? Things like that. One of the things that moms I know love a lot is our pelvic floor physical therapist who comes to talk. I remember, I remember that being, I remember your eyes being, you know, wide open, like, how did we not know about this? And it is, it's a, it's, it's tragic that it's not something that new moms know about, but you know, all those, all those really unpleasant things that happen in our body that we're told to just kind of suck it up, get back out there, go do your exercises, go, you know, it's normal what's happening in your nether regions. Um, But it's not. And so just, I remember learning about that myself and thinking, no, no new mom should not know about this. And then the other topic that stays for years to come, which is what moms typically report, is the topic about marriage and relationships and how they change, why they change, and little things that we can do on a daily basis to actually help come together as a team, because that's really what's important to our babies is having that strong relationship. But too often, new parents become opposing counsel. And they start playing the scorekeeper game where 
who did more, who did, you know, who got up more at night, how many times they got up, things like that. So they start playing against each other, which creates resentment and, you know, just being really disconnected. And so it's actually a, a, a big passion of mine to help moms see what their husbands are doing because they are doing a lot and understanding where dad is coming from because we're it's so easy for us to just say what they're not doing or that they're not helping. But truth be told, they don't know what they're doing either and neither do we. And so having that understanding for each other and compassion for each other is um, completely life-changing and I hope we've saved a lot of marriages with that topic. I believe you probably have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Just going back on some of that, I totally feel you on the social media thing. I remember maybe three days postpartum, like seeing a friend of mine have like her amazing dream home birth, which was also my plan and it didn't happen. And I saw yeah. the video and it like derailed me. Like I was so happy for her. But I also felt so broken and sad that like I wasn't strong enough. Yes. And I like, I'm like, wow, I think of myself as a powerful person. Mm-hmm. And then I started questioning everything about myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, shit, I'm not going to be a good mom. Mm-hmm. And then I started having all this like scared, just like really insecure feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm someone, I do love social media and I love using it as a tool to connect with people, but I shut it down. Like I literally went dark on all platforms for a couple of months and Mm -hmm. it was like so needed and good for me. And I just spent my days like being really present in what I was going through and Mm. staring at my daughter and just absorbing like every feed, every moment, every middle of the night, wake up like, and Mm -hmm. not being distracted with like, Oh, I'm breastfeeding. So let me see what's happening on social media. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm breastfeeding. So I'm going to stare at her and I'm going to breastfeed and I'm going to watch the way her mouth moves. And I'm going to watch the way that she's eating, eating and nourishing her body. And I'm just going to smell her and I'm just going to pet her or like Mm -hmm. stroke her or whatever. And I'm so grateful that I did that. And I think a lot of people like see that my husband and I are very active on social media Mm -hmm. and we use it as a tool. And I, I don't want anyone to think like you have to have that to be successful in your businesses. Like Mm -hmm. I honestly think going inward in your cocoon and like, like it was like the best thing for me. Like I will do that again with future babies because I just want to like be, like you said, you can't get that time back. Those newborn days. I miss them so much now. Yes. Now I have friends that are, I had two friends that had babies this week and I'm like, oh, I miss those newborn yes. snuggle days. It's so precious when you don't even know what day it is or what time it is. Yes. You're just like, you're just lost in it. Through the day. And the, those, you know, they're only going to be that small for that moment. So you have that connection where you look at them and are present with them. And you think to yourself, in one more minute, they're going to be one minute older. So they will never be this small again. And you just, you have one chance to have your first postpartum experience. So my goal is to, I I just, first of all, I want to say that you listening to what you needed is incredible. And I hope to be able to help other women do that for themselves because it's something that I've had to learn over the years and I'm still learning and I'm like a recovering people pleaser, I guess you can say I'm in recovery and we slip, we slip back. But one of the main things that is extremely hard for women and moms, especially is social media and how it makes us feel. So I have to really, really limit my social media use because it's a huge trigger for me. And what I've learned, especially in the whole postpartum experience, I was consuming a lot, just watching what other people are doing. And I've realized like, it's a tool for me. I create over consume. Like I use it as a tool to like share something that's amazing or spread inspiration or something exciting that is going on or whatever. But like, to just sit there 
and just scroll and like constantly see what other people are doing and compare yourself and be like, wow, they're doing that or she can do that or wow, she's a week postpartum and she's at the farm. Like, oh my God, what is she like? And then you're like, oh my God, how is she getting out of her house? I haven't left my bedroom. Like you start getting in this whole toxic cycle and it's like the comparison takes over. And yeah, I feel like there's goods and there's positives to it, but I also feel like people should not be afraid to shut it down. So the quickest way into postpartum anxiety and depression is to be on social media, um, comparing yourself to others. So one of the ways to avoid that is to stay off social just for, like you said, just for a, a temporary amount of time. It's not forever. And, and to be honest, it's not, it's not, all it's not all just about the comparison it's also about the fact that this new human being can't do anything for themselves and they actually need to be responded to and taken care of 24 hours a day seven days a week once right when they're out of the womb as they get older they foster more independence and you help foster that independence and they're able to do more and more as you've seen with your baby that you know, at three months, they can start grabbing things. At six months, they can hold their own bottle. At nine months, they can feed themselves. But as a newborn up until three months, they can't do anything for themselves, which means that mom or another caretaker has to be paying attention to them in order for them to grow in a healthy way and for their brain to develop in a healthy way. And we know from decades now of research how much an infant child needs in order to develop in a healthy way. And so we never want to discount the need for those babies, the the need that those babies have. And social media and other things are just distractions. And then they prevent us from creating that strong bond and attachment with our baby that they need for tools and skills that they need for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I felt like the whole structure of the course was so intentional and I learned so much and just made great connections and felt like so not alone. And like a lot of, I had a lot of, um, I don't know if this would be considered like maybe postpartum anxiety or depression around, like I had like anger and like rage and resentment towards my husband. Like I, I was like stare at him and I'd be like, I'm disgusted by you. Like, yes. I just felt so angry that he would get to sleep. And he was amazing. The first two months he'd wake up every night I woke up in the night. And then I'm like, we got to keep running our businesses. I'm not working. You need to work. So you Aww. get to sleep. And so we started like, he started sleeping and I started doing more of the middle of the night wake ups. And then the resentment just like came beyond where I would just get so angry. And I would have these really toxic feelings of being like, how did I marry you? And I love him. Of course. And I'm like, why am I thinking these thoughts? Like, oh my God, it was so, so hard. And like, I remember one day, another interview I'm doing on this postpartum series is actually with my holistic voice coach because singing has actually been a really healing part of my postpartum journey. And I never realized this, but we, there's so much focus on like the pelvic floor and like, you know, your root chakra and everything that goes on down there. Right. Well, how are the two ways we communicate? We communicate sexually and we communicate through our voice. So our throat chakra often gets like blocked up. So one day I was like six weeks postpartum. It was like probably a week or two till I was about to start new mom school. I was thinking about it a lot and what are the other moms going to be like? And everyone going to this and that, and I'm leaving the house for the first time. What am I going to wear? Like all the stuff that I don't know why I cared so much about. But I did. And I was sobbing in the shower one day and Wade walked in. He's like, babe, what's wrong? Like, why are you crying? I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just crying. Like, this is really hard. Like, I don't know if I'm like cut out for this. Like, this is just, and honestly, looking back, I think the sleep deprivation played such a role on it because I really am a professional sleeper and not getting good sleep, like having so much broken up sleep really affects your mental health. But, um, yeah, I told him, I'm like, I just had an epiphany. Like, I think I need to sing again. I did it when I was a little girl and it was something that I buried and I stopped doing and Mm -hmm. I want to get into that. And I really like want to go into this new mom school experience with like an open heart of like, I, you know, I already have great networks of friends. I already have great circles, but I could very well, 
you know, meet women in this group mm-hmm. and, and babies in this group that will be lifelong friends. Cause mm-hmm. my husband and I met as babies and weren't Aww. married. So I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh, who knows? I mean, Ezra was the only little boy in my class. Everyone else was a girl. Um, <laughs> He's got his pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Assuming she, my daughter's heterosexual and wants to marry a man. Um, yeah, who knows? But I just was so mindful going into the whole experience of like, this could be like really life changing. Like mm-hmm. I could be meeting people and making connections and my daughter could be making connections that mm-hmm. could have like a lifelong ripple effect. So, and I can tell you that you, those thoughts that you were having before class, I think every new mom has them as well. And I, I try to send information before classes to make sure that you guys know that how you're feeling is really normal and that there's a lot of anxiety leading up to it. But when you touch, when you talk about sleep deprivation, I just want to touch on that because so part of I, I never knew this until I started doing this, but part of Navy SEAL training is that they have to stay awake for five days at a time. And typically after about 36 to 48 hours, that's when they start having people quitting. And so the people who actually make it through are the ones who sort of have like that stamina, that toughness. Now, what people report who went through that training is that after about 24 to 48 hours, they start hallucinating. They start feeling like they can't breathe. They start having all of these physical reactions. And so when you think about a new mother who's completely sleep deprived, those physical reactions that we have are real. And we're really told to discount them that we're supposed to be doing everything on our own. And that's really only in the US. It's really only an American thing that we're supposed to be doing everything on my own, on our own. And so it's this misnomer and social media once again will portray that these new moms can do everything, can look great, can feel great, can be happy, can be hashtag blessed all the time. And it's not the reality. And so we have to get away from this idea that we're supposed to stay up all night, do all the feedings do all the caretaking, and then also be happy and joyful and have sex with our husbands and you know do all the things and take care of the house and cook dinner. And it's just not, it's not possible. When you're a new mom, you really cannot do anything except keep that human being alive because you literally have to do everything for that baby. And when you think about it in that way, and you think about how much we're trying to do as new moms, it's like, of course, we're going crazy. Of course, we're losing it. Of course, we're feeling anger and resentment because we shouldn't be doing all these things. And I was also, I was extremely surprised at how the rage and anger is so strong in the middle of the night, like at three in the morning. There's something about three in the morning and they're snoring. Sleeping and they're snoring with their useless nipples. And you're like, (laughs) you just want to punch them in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been a violent person, but I wanted to punch my husband in the face, especially when he snored. That was the worst. So there's just a lot of validity to these feelings that we have. And my goal in new mom school is to be able to talk about the things that we feel guilty thinking and feeling and the stuff that is real. And it just, I just really wanted a place where moms could be open and honest. And I, I, I say that on the first day that the more you're open and the more you can share what you're really thinking and feeling, the more you're going to get out of the group because it allows other people to open up as well. And you were so good at that. And you really set the tone for the group to be able to open up so much. And you guys had such an incredible group. We really did. And we stay in touch. And I just, I love our Fridays. It's so funny. My husband, he went to a college where their um, mascot is a falcon. And so he started, he got jealous of like the Friday texts I get with all the new mom school. So he's like, I'm starting a text group called the Falcon Fathers with all my friends that were that are dads that I went to college with and oh, love of our babies on Fridays. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. But okay, so the first class I was in, that's for what age, like when could someone start that? What's like the earliest? Yeah. So the earliest is at three weeks postpartum. And the reason we do it at three weeks is because 
there's sort of like this, that's really like the earliest that you actually feel like you can get out of the house. And I want you as early as possible because I actually do want you getting out of the house once a week. I don't expect you to do much more throughout the week, except maybe go on some short walks. But anywhere between three and six weeks is a great place to start. I know we were still in COVID times when you started, so some of the classes were delayed a little bit. And so the three-week mark is really when things start to kind of crumble, I'd say, and we want to be there for that. So, you know, three weeks is, um, it's actually a really intentional time because that's the mark where a lot of women give up breastfeeding and with support and education, women can continue to breastfeed. And so if there's a mom, I I just want to put this out there that I actually don't care if you breastfeed or formula feed, a baby just needs to be fed to stay alive. So let's just get that baby fed. But if you're on the fence and want to continue, that's the time that we're going to either save you or lose you to breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is such a journey. Like it has been, I still breastfeed and it's been an up and down. And I feel like that's something I didn't really expect. Like as before I was a mom, I was like, oh, you just put your boob in their mouth and they just yes. like, no, it is no. full blown. It takes up so much mental real estate too. all the things that go like behind the scenes and the timing of it and the pumping. And like, do you have backup and, oh, your supply dipped. Oh, I started my period. So my hormones are raging. So my supply is gone again. Oh, oh, like just con. And then I had this, like when my supply dipped, like probably four months postpartum, it was when I started my period, my supply dipped for like two or three days. I had almost no milk. Mm-hmm. And I went through this like really severe, like grieving process where mm-hmm. I was just crying, feeling like I'm not good enough. I can't feed her. Like, right. and then I was, had so much guilt around like, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I have frozen milk. So I'll give her that for now. Maybe it'll come back. But I had this fear of, and then there was the formula shortage. Right. right. And then I had the fear of, um, okay, well, if I'm going to be the mom that needs to start introducing formula, like what is the best one? And then I had all this judgment, fear, fear of judgment of like crunchy moms being like, oh, you gave her some formula. Like, I don't know why I care what people think, but it's like, was this whole behind the scenes? And I would try to explain it to Wade and he's like, baby, she's fed. Like, it's fine. And like, I don't know. And then once I realized after a few cycles for my body, that was normal. I don't know if that's normal for a lot of people, but like mm-hmm. when I realized the day before I start my period, the first day and the second day, there's very little milk. Like it drops by like 80%. So once I realized that pattern, then I could release the anxiety around it and just be yes. like, okay, she's going to get a little bit more bottles those days. Yes. Um, but for anyone listening, like I get it. I've been there, but I really don't want you to have shame around. Yeah. Like your baby just needs to get fed. Like I I can add that there's this stigma, like, well, what did everyone do before formula? Everyone breastfed. It's actually not true. What happened before formula is either someone nursed your baby for you. So that was called a wet nurse or babies died. And so it's such formula is such a gift to our society and however you can get that baby fed, of course, you're going to go down the rabbit hole, rabbit hole of what's best. And I can tell you fed is best. So if you can only get that Similac with the corn syrup as your option, do it. Your baby's going to be fine. I love that you said that because I feel like you always hear breast is best. Nope. And that feels so... I don't know. That feels very judgmental. Extremely. You know? The the motherhood space is extremely judgmental. And um, I really require that the judgment is left at the door when we get to new mom school classes. And I make that very clear with all of my instructors, everyone who comes through the doors. And judgment's always going to be part of human nature. It's just kind of how we cope and how we survive. But I, I'm very sensitive to it. So if I ever hear anything that feels judgy or judgmental, I really try and give the opposite perspective because people aren't intentionally being judgmental. It's never intentional. All the advice we get from outside sources when we have babies is always well-intentioned. 
and and we are sensitive in that time. So we take things in a different way than we would if we weren't sleep deprived, if we weren't worried that our baby was going to die at any moment, if we weren't, you know, in turmoil with our partners, like all these things play a huge role. And the amount of minimizing that we do in our culture of how big having a baby is to a woman is, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it, this is why I do what I do because there is no standard of postpartum care. And I, I hope to be the standard. Like I, if I could take this all over the country, I would love to do that, but I also know my limits, but I, it's heart wrenching that women don't get the recognition and postpartum experience that they deserve because every woman should feel cared for after they have a baby. Every woman should be taken care of. Every woman should have extra hands around the house. Every woman's dishes should be washed. Every woman's kitchen should be stocked with food and not by themselves, by other people. Totally. It's not meant to do alone or even just you and a partner. Like it really, really does take a village, right? Wow. I know I've asked you that before. Like, would you ever expand? Cause I feel like there's so every time I would post about new mom school, people were like, Oh my gosh, is she in Denver? Is she in even like yeah. San Diego or like other parts of California, but all over the country is that. So that's like on your radar. Like you've thought about that. So yes and no. The answer is yes and no. Um, I did open two other locations during COVID and you know, we'll never know if it was COVID related or just being in another place. And I did decide for my own mental well-being to shut them down and continue to have Newport Beach for now. I am extremely committed to being there for my kids. And I, from the time I was little, I would say that because I was raised by a single mom who worked full time. I was always the last kid at daycare to get picked up. And that had a, that had a negative effect on me for sure. And so I always said that if I had the opportunity to work part-time while my kids were at school so that I could pick them up from school every day so that I would be home when they got home and I would take them to their sports practices and things like that, that that's what I would do. And so, you know, unfortunately expanding would require a pretty big team of people so that I could continue to just work the part-time that I know I need because otherwise I just, I can't be the mom that I want to be. And that's really my main goal and it, it has to be my priority. And that's, that's my main goal for other women as well. Who knows? I feel like when you put it out there, someone Someone could be listening to this right now or just out and about as you talk to people where people may love this idea and want to like invest in this. And who knows, maybe you could franchise out new mom school. That would be great. Life changing for people all around. Um, okay. So really quick. So after the newborn course, which is the first one, yes. then there's opportunities for continuation classes, right? Yes. That was the, the infant class, right? That's correct. So that's for when your baby's three to six months old. And then we tackle things that are more development based, I should say. So things like how to play with your baby, what toys are good for your baby, things like baby proofing your house, setting up um, trusts and wills so that your babies are taken care of should something happen, which is a little morbid, but really important and really lifts a huge weight off your shoulders once you do it. We talk about sleep again because sleep changes. So every six weeks to eight weeks in the first year of life, our baby's sleep changes. And we have times where it changes a little bit and we have times where it changes a lot of it. (laughs) And so understanding what's happening in their brains and why their sleep is changing is huge. But we really just continue that supportive environment where moms continue to connect and bond as well as learn. And, and that's, that's my, um, that's my passion is, is creating um, educational opportunities within all of our classes and content. What does the investment look like for someone that's interested to do either the newborn or the infant course? 
So it depends where you are. If you're pregnant, you save money. And it also allows you to be placed in a class that is most beneficial to you. So uh, we have it set up in a way where the registration cost is lower when you're pregnant. And and then we place you in the right class for that. Otherwise, if you register after your baby comes, there might be room in classes. I really try to get everybody in. I don't like saying no, but you may not be in a class that you're placed with other babies that are closest in age. So you may be a few weeks older, you may be a few weeks younger, you may not be able to do it until the infant series, which is later. Um, So it just depends. Our newborn series is 10 weeks and that's one cost. And then our eight week series is less than that. And then after the infant series, we have what are called play groups and Those are for babies six months old to one and a half years old. And those are also based on age. And that allows the babies to be more interactive, to play, to have sensory experiences, musical experiences. And those are the curriculum changes every eight weeks for those as well. So the moms and the babies are constantly learning and growing and adapting. Okay, Cameron and I need to come to these play dates. Yes, you do. We, we did the newborn and the infant course. Yeah. So grateful for it. And we're going to have to come to a play date. So Gotta do play love, um, for people to know, how can they get a hold of you? How can they connect with you? What's the best way to connect with new mom school? Is it your website? Is it social media? Either or. We're, um, I have my incredible team that is monitoring our social media and quick to respond to DMs. So our Instagram is at new mom school, and that's just new N E W M O M S C H O O L. I call it like I see it. So, um, I am, I named my company exactly what it is and our website is the same newmomschool.com. Well, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much for your time and being here. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that hear this episode that I have a, I have a big community in Orange County so that are going to be- benefit from New Mom School or maybe they'll send this. Anyone listening, if you live in Orange County, like if you know someone that's pregnant that has a baby on the way, send this episode to them. This could very well change the course of their postpartum journey and just help them in so many ways. So I want to thank you so much, Alex. Is there anything else? Um, is there what, so how often are courses? Like, are there, can people, does that question make sense? Like when the best, so if you register while you're pregnant, we schedule classes based on who we have registered. So the only way to be guaranteed a spot in classes is to register while you're pregnant. There's a chance you can get an after, like I said, but what we do is we, we try and create as many classes as needed for who's registered with their due date. So we have new classes starting every week. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So much coordination. Wow. 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 It is a lot. And I just have to give a shout out to our program director, Mari, because she, you know, I did, I, so I did everything for the first two years. I did all the socials. I did all the administration. I did all the teaching. I did everything. So I, I know what goes into all of it. And then I got to a place where we had grown like wildfire and I, I was so happy about that, but it wasn't ever really in the plans. And so I needed help obviously along the way. And now we have just a really incredible team that helps with everything. It does take a team to make the dream happen. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? There we go. (laughs) There we go. Um, Anything else on your heart you want to share for a new mom that's listening, a pregnant mom, someone that's in the thick of their postpartum anxiety or depression? So many things. I think that the, the thing that I'd say is that the most important and beautiful gift you can give yourself is the gift of the power of sisterhood and women heal women as much as we are competitive and judgmental and judged there is an extreme amount of healing that women do for each other when you're in the presence of a an environment that fosters that and that's what I hope I have created and will continue to create for women because 
it's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself is to surround yourself with other new moms. And, you know, I obviously don't know how other programs run and I, I can't necessarily endorse any other particular program. But what I'd say is that if you can't join new mom school and there's something else that's closer to you or available to you or, you know, whatever it is that prohibits you from taking new mom school classes, just join whatever you can and just surround yourself with other new moms, even if it's setting up get togethers through a Facebook moms group. But my advice is to do it in person. Yeah. There's something about that. That's so powerful. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. It's so true. I always say this. I believe that your mess can become your message. Mm. You are a perfect example. Like, Mm. like the hard things that you went through postpartum as beautiful Mm. as the, as it was becoming a new mom, you, you use those hard things to turn into something else to help other people. And it's now part of who you are and it's really powerful. Thank you so much for saying that. And that touches me deeply because I, my oldest son who was, he was a great baby and toddler became a very challenging child. And that has been my biggest struggle over the last seven or eight years. And I've spent that time learning about challenging children and learning how to not take it personally, learning how to separate myself and to remain calm, which I still have not mastered and is still, you know, what a lot of my learning is now as, as children get older. And so I, I hope that, that this mess that I'm also in will become a message. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Alex. This was so special. I'm, I know you're a very busy lady, so I'm grateful for you carving out time to be here. And for anyone listening, remember the way that this show continues to grow and has blessed hundreds and thousands of people in over 50 countries. We have so many listeners. It's because you guys subscribe, you rate, you share who needed to hear this episode today. Please share it with someone that needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, Alex, I just want to say thank you. I'm sending you all the love. I'm sending you a virtual hug through this. I know. I miss you. I miss you. I'm coming to a play date. I promise you that. (laughs) Reach out to Mari. She'll get you in a play group. Okay. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being here on Getting Magnetic. Okay. Thank you for having me. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. Magnetic.